here we are. In this episode of the Dusty Allen Show, we speak with the vibrant and sassy Maddie Gleason. We cover a lot of things, but we talk about the at times hilarious false start she endured early in her working life and how she started her own successful business with just 120 bucks. We have a look at her professional and personal journey taking her to some remote parts of Australia, but not quite to Los Angeles. We discuss what it means to be a cheese boss and why at one point in her life, she didn't think that work was for her. So come on in. Water's great. And now listening to the Dusty Allen Show. Welcome to the Dusty Allen Show. Maddie Gleason. Hi, Dusty. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Glad to finally be having a chat with with your good self. Thank the, you. The cheese boss. Cheese boss. It's almost a year on from Has, when I heard your first practice pod. Oh, in yeah. the car on the way to the witchy proof oh, races. Yes, it has. It's been it's been a little while coming. Yes, <laughs> almost like a year. Yeah. Way to procrastinate. <laughs> um, you don't mind if I call you cheese boss, do you? <laughs> no, not at all. I have a tendency to give give nicknames to people who may not. Want them, like them, but also, you know, I think I like to think that they're accurate or, you know, respectful, you know, given the fact yeah. you are the boss of the of the cheeses. Yeah. I don't know a lot about cheese itself. I reckon you'd know more than the average. Person. I don't. <laughs> cheese boss. Cheese Yeah. B-A-W-S-E. Well, no, so, cheese. Now, you say you don't know a lot <laughs> about cheese. Guilty. But would you say you know more than the average person, than the average punter who might go into like Woolies or a uh, Safeway? Or is that the same thing? The same here? thing, yeah. yeah. IGA. What? What cheese. do I know yeah, about yeah, cheese? What, that what, might be why, quicker. Okay, well, why does there seem to be this explosion of people interested in loving cheeses and things now? Oh, I have none of the answers. Like I must say, when it comes to cheese... Well, this will be a short and podcast. Fact, and, yeah. yeah. Mm. I can talk about boards, cheese boards, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is about cheese. I think every dog has its day, but cheese is really having a moment. Um, in terms of how much I personally know about cheese, I didn't know anything about cheese mm. until I started board, except I liked a nice like Woolies Brie. Yep. Yeah, nice okay. South Cape. South Cape. Okay, so yep. now you're starting to drop a bit of... Yeah. So, so let's... Okay. <laughs> let's go back then. Okay. Because one of the reasons why you're on the Dusty Allen Show, <laughs> yeah, you're an entrepreneur, and your the the way that your business has come to be is rather interesting. So, and for those playing at home, uh, Maddie is the founder of I Am Board. Yep. And I'll kind of let you take it away from there because I don't want to. I say like a a catering. Yeah, I love saying I'm the founder because it's like as if it was lost and then I found it. Yeah, you found it. Yeah, it was just waiting to be found. (laughs) So, And the thing that I love is like you literally started with... Nothing. Yep. No cheese knowledge. Yeah, no cheese. And that's not over... That's not... So how did it come about? I literally made a cheese board for a friend and I couldn't have even told you what cheeses were on that board. Mm. I had no idea, but she just wanted one and so... I made it and I was working full-time in marketing at the Woolworths Group at the time and, yeah, I just sort of threw it together and she's like, oh, that was good and it was not good. 
for the record. Yeah. <laughs> like if someone did it today, I'd be like, that's so embarrassing. They should not start a business <laughs> built on this. But um, I did it, put it up on Instagram and I was like, yeah, cheese boards with Mads. And then, you know, someone was like, how much can I order one? How much can I order one? And I was just like, oh, my God, and all these people wanted them. So Was that a when people kept asking? So when you did it, it was just as a favour? Yeah. And it was never something you thought you'd even oh, God, pursue no. in life No, she still owes me. Yeah, no, she still owes me cash. She never paid me. The first person. <laughs> Really? My friend Bridget. She's going to be like, Is Bridget, what? If Bridget's, what's Bridget's name? Bridget's a huge fan of the show, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she Give called Bridget me this a morning. shout out, if you like. Yeah, Bridget. Um, started a new job yesterday. Shout out, Bridge. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be like when you release this. this I'll release this in like six months. Yeah, and she'll be like, oh, was that when I started my other job? No, um, yeah, she, her sister was moving away and um, she was just like, oh, I'm going to put together this cheese board and my godmother catering catering company and she was like do you reckon you can do the cheese board and I'll get the food from there and I was I literally just jumped in the last minute was like yeah totally and rocked up to the house and god I thought it was good Mm. I was so impressed by myself so yeah obviously chucked it up on Instagram did like a proper feed post Mm. of a video um oh like in feed yeah like real deal I was real proud of it there forever but it's not it's still there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and then a bunch of people just asked if they could order them and I just said yes and then someone wanted one and I they wanted it like the next Saturday. So I went to the South Melbourne market and I knew quite a few people in the market. I've been I basically grew up in the market with my mum and yep. godmother had a store there for my whole life. Anyway, I just took a bunch of stuff and said I'd pay them the next week because I had no money. I had $120 and the board that I bought to put all the food on cost me most of that. How, how did you end up doing this? Why did you say yes when you had no money? <laughs> I don't know. I just Because to me, it's like <laughs> someone goes, hey, can you help us out with a cheeseburger? I'll go, sure. You give me all the money, I'll go do it. And Or did you owe them uh, a favour or something? No, I, I didn't even think about payment terms or anything I was just like yeah I'll do it and when I do it just give me cash like all good but I did it because I thought I was good at it I did it because I'd done Bridget's and I was like I'm really good at this so if someone else wants a cheese board and I didn't expect anyone to want them so when these three people wanted them I was like high-fiving I just thought it was the best thing ever I was happy to do it and then one of the people that wanted was Sarah and Another you, you, were, fan of the you show. were working. Thanks, for shout out to Sarah, <laughs> Sarah Moore. You were working full time at the time, yeah, as well, yeah. And this was just like a, a side hustle. It wasn't even meant to be a side hustle. I was just doing, doing it for a bit of fun. Right. I was doing okay. them at so cost enjoyed, price. So you enjoyed arranging. Yeah, but I'd never done it until right. I did Bridget's. I'd never made a cheese board really. Right. Okay. So I'd just done it and thought I was good at it, and then yep. someone wanted to pay me, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll go do it." And I just remember sitting. I got to the house and in my mind, like the warm up, I'd been like, when I get there and I sort of didn't know this girl, which is mm. why that's how I knew I was going to make it. Because I was like, if someone who doesn't even know me wants to pay me yes. to make a cheese board, yeah. I'm going to hit the big time in no time. Yep. So I went and... On that, so uh, being serious, you were like, this is this could be something if the, like, there was that, was it like a twinkle in the eye or you, you legit thought, I can, I'm on to something here? I, I knew the first 
girl who ordered when Sarah ordered, I was like, "That's nice, a mate getting around my cheese boards." Yeah. But when this other girl ordered, I was random. I, yeah, like as in like friend of a friend of a friend mm. through high school. Yeah. I remember thinking, "This is it," like. I'm just going to run with it. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Like, And I never anticipated it would go to where it did. But I remember thinking, this is going to be my weekends. Oh, right, okay. I'll so, book even, out. so even then, you thought still like side hustle. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Oh, in a million years, I never thought that my full time job would be making cheese boards. Yeah. Ever. So, um, yeah, I went to her house and I remember they were all getting their hair and makeup done in the room that she wanted me to set it up in. And I was like, Shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they're all watching me, waiting for this masterpiece, and I'm just sitting there like, I'll just put some crackers there, <laughs> maybe a dip over there, and just made it up. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I've been turned down, just quietly. Maybe don't remix that. But, yeah, so I made that board for that girl, and then put it on Instagram. So that was when I started the Instagram Bunches and Boards. That was the name. <laughs> that was the name. Right. I was like, I'm going to make this a business. I'm going to do cheese boards and bunches of flowers. And, again, like, I'm not a florist. I don't know mm. where I thought I was going to get that skill from. Yep. But I've always been a little bit creative so I and hands-on. So I guess yep. I just thought, I'll work it out. Yep. I'll fake it till I make okay. it. So... Yeah, I started the Bunches and Boards Instagram and my godmother called me and she was like, that's a shit name. <laughs> I was like... Love the honest feedback from, okay, the, yeah, yeah. from the family. you got to yeah. have people like that in your life. And we just laughed about it. And I was like, anyway, see you later. And like, whatever, she, I'm like selling yeah, boards. I'm, like, I'm yeah, like, like, I've had three orders. I'm making millions. Yeah. I haven't got time for, you know... The haters. The haters. <laughs> exactly right. And then she sent me a text. This is very, like, this is huge groundbreaking stuff no one knows this and she just said i am bored oh so (laughs) and i was like why don't you go do an activity also you've spelt it wrong oh yeah (laughs) she's like no dickhead the name of the business (laughs) could be i am bored that was brilliant i remember thinking that's it now we're on here that's just marketing Genius. It just felt right. Felt right. Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> and that was when I decided that Board would have his own personality and Board was going to be his own. So it's thing. he. Yeah, he. It's he. So it's a... He's my boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Board yeah. has a bit of the BDE. <laughs> he does. He yeah. does. For, for those who aren't aware, that's. <laughs> uh, I think we can say it. Yeah. That's big dick energy. Yeah. And he since does. I've known you and started in a professional sense with you uh, catering. Can I say catering? Yeah, catering. It's yeah. a catering company, yeah. So catering for some of our work functions and, yeah, I like just come in, like, you're like, can't talk, making the board, like, <laughs> and they literally are art. It's like artwork. I recommend go to Board Underscore Melbourne. Underscore Melbourne to see what I'm talking about. They are they're masterpieces. But, yeah, you come in, get it done, and they literally are the, the centrepiece, like, yeah, it's 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 something that needs to be seen, be and then tasting them well, you know, that's that's another story. But they, I, I'm safe to say, yeah, they go they go pretty well. They, they go I, all I think right. I can I can stop pissing in your pocket. You, you know they're good. That's <laughs> no, the, don't stop the, there. The, 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 We're just getting warmed up. The BDE, yeah. <laughs> no, they, he has got a bit of BDE. Yeah, but yeah, that was definitely the moment that I was like, this, the whole brand will be built around this character. 
this I am board. Would like, you call it a muse? <laughs> yeah, sort of. When I if, if he if he had human form, who would he look like? Oh, I always say he's like such a quarterback. Okay. Like if you've seen um a Cinderella story, he's a bit of a Chad Michael Murray in that. Okay, movie. I'll have like, to go. It's very like you choose that broody and sexy and like yep. sporty and yeah, he's very elusive to that because I like the idea that. Everyone feels like they know him, but no one's ever met him. He's like yeah. that man. Unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. He's, there's something very sexy about Mysterious. the way he talks about himself. Yeah. It's yep. actually just me. I'm just talking about myself. Well, because he doesn't talk about himself because he's cool like that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sort of the irony was that when I started it, I had no confidence whatsoever. Mm. I was very different to how I am now, but I'd come out of a shitty relationship and I was – down and out and I hated the job I was in I was really like just grinding away and then I was like if you start a business and you don't believe in yourself no one else is going to believe in you so it's, I thought it's corny but it's true yeah, yeah. well if, if you're not backing yourself why would anyone give you your money their money yeah they're just not going to back you either so I thought if board's really cocky and he believes in himself everyone will buy into that and they won't look at me mm. so the whole brand and it's that's something I pride myself and the business on is that there's so many businesses out there that young girls have started and their personal brand are aligned with the brand of the business. Yep. But I always wanted Board to go off and do his own thing so that I could still be who I am away and from essentially it. essentially can exist can exist separately. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think that's a, that's a good call out as well because there's a lot of businesses and I don't think it's limited to like catering or anything like these days where it's founded started by someone and they're so closely tied to it they a can't step away in a time sense yeah. but also they're intrinsic to the they're the, almost the face of, totally. the, of the brand and there's only one of them and they're limited to, you know, if they have to you know show up or be somewhere you know, yeah. publicly so yeah that was I never wanted that is that and that's from the start from the always, start what what do you think that was First of all, because I just didn't have the confidence to yep. put myself to it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I didn't think that people would want to invest in a young girl. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to tap into the corporate market. And I remember thinking, no big like CEOs or whatever, big you know, multinationals are going to give their money to a 23-year-old girl. Mm. It just doesn't make sense, which now I've been proven wrong because so many people see us day in and day out and still invest in us. But I just thought, no chance, we'll make it. And then I also love my life. I love being able to, you know, go and do whatever I want and have the best time and not worry about anyone knowing who I am or whatever. So Mm. I don't really feature on Boards Instagram. If I do, my name is Bossy Boards. I don't. Get to, like my personal Instagram stays away yeah. from it. Um, but, yeah, I just – I always wanted to be able to exist without it and for it to exist without me. I think that's – I admire that because I've, we, I've observed a lot of individuals who started businesses and the business takes off like it might be a, and normally through like Instagram, yeah. something like that, and it exists without and they try and sort of – weasel their way in to make it about them yeah. and what's made it what it is is not the individual. Totally. You know, I'm not saying they're a good person or a bad person or otherwise, but that's not what has got it to where you know, the success of where it uh, where it is. And Totally agree. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge 
call that you've made like early on it seems to be very like successful yeah well, it's so. definitely worked for us and is that for your own kind of like sanity as well to be able to totally. have that separation totally i when i i think we maybe got like four or five thousand followers mm. early yeah and i remember thinking we're gonna end up with a lot of followers and i don't love influencer culture as it is mm-hmm. like i don't i don't like the idea of people knowing anything about me like I love to tell my friends everything about me but I don't like anyone I don't know to like know what suburb I live in or whatever it is so I just wanted to be able to exist in peace without it and I feel like this has been this constant battle over the last two years is people wanting me to speak at events or like ladies days and stuff and I'm like yeah that's great because I can respect that the story is really cool Mm. to listen to but I don't want to be the face of this brand. Like, I'm happy to tell my story, but the business is its own thing. Like, the business really, I just facilitated it. When I think about that first 18 months, I was just running next to it. I was just doing everything I could to keep it moving. Like, I wasn't out there pitching and networking and going to these, like, I wasn't trying to push it out there. I was just trying to go out and make great boards and get them on Instagram as fast as I could. Like that was, I wasn't actually trying to build the brand. Mm. I was just trying to do a good job. I think there's some of the reason like there's just the success in that is because there's, well, the, the primary function of your business is like, yeah, you're, you're an inspiring person, 100%. Thanks. I mean that, yes. Uh, please, yes, take the, take the compliment. They're... I would imagine that you know people don't care when they're ordering; they just want a board. Yeah. You know, that you know, and cool if there's a cool story to it, that's awesome. But it's not gonna, you know. Um, totally agree. Yeah, and to but back to a point when you said that you didn't think that your p- potential prospective clientele would invest or uh, want to work with uh, with a young woman. Looking even back, how long ago was that? Was that like two years ago? Two just. A- just over how here. does that make you feel now to say that? Oh, I just laugh at how silly that was to think. It makes sense when I look at the world as a whole, but then I'm like, you look at Instagram and you look at events and who else would you want making a cheese board than a young girl or a young guy in Nick's case on our mm. team, but like young, really cool people like us. Like you. <laughs> like yeah. me. Yeah, but like... They want it for Instagram. They want it as a brand moment for people to go to their event and take a picture. No one knows Instagram and that world better than, like, young people. Mm. So now I look at it and I'm like, of course you want our demographic to be making your cheese boards. But it was probably coming from a corporate background, I knew how little power and how little say I had in the workplace. And so I was so used to just... In that environment. In that environment, yeah. Yeah. So I was so used to just being, like... (laughs) lack of a better word like a shit kicker just get all the shit jobs do the best heavy lifting whatever but no glory no fun so I never thought that I could be valued in the way that I am now at work yep so yeah but I was so shocked by the number of corporates that like invested in us and even the place that I did work, they ended up having a board for their Christmas party and stuff. So, like, they do see value in it. Why do you think they did? <laughs> well, funny story. When I walked out the door on my last day, my boss said, 
I'll see you in two months when you fail. Oh, now this is your, <laughs> this is the, is this the PR? No, that was, I had a lot of bad jobs. But we'll get to that, don't worry. <laughs> we'll get to yeah. that. But no, this was my, my last job, the job I was doing when I started it. And he was like, yeah, he said, I'll see you in two months when you fail and you want your job back. I remember thinking, you say you'll see to me that? in two months when I fucking on the front cover of Forbes. Yeah. We're allowed to swear on you. Yeah, it's good. okay, you don't need to whisper. I'm like, <laughs> but I got in closer, so it's the same so, volume. Yeah, so if you, yeah, for those at home, like, we don't, we're, we're not videoing this just yet, but yeah, she really got in there and was trying to be very polite, but I think we can, we can edit that out in post. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't say anything. I had, I had no confidence. I, he said it and I... Half of me was like, I hope that means that the job will be there in two yeah. months when I fail. <laughs> like, Was there also a part of you that wanted to stick it Oh, to God, person? yeah. Yeah, like nothing would have given me more satisfaction than to have been able to walk in there two months later and say, like, look, I've, I've done it. Because two months later we'd been the Herald Sun. Like we, it was really fast. Mm. So a lot happened in that two months and I wanted to – go and say, like, oh, I don't need that job or whatever. But I got my comeuppance a year later when we went in for the Christmas party and he was, like, stuttering around me, like, oh, well, oh, so oh, did, it's just, done all right. Yeah, it's yeah. still going then. And I was like, yeah, actually, it's going really well. And I remember we left and we got in our little shitty van and we got down the road and it broke down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Here we are with our thousands of Instagram followers and we've done this amazing board in the office, but, like, the reality is we're just, like, doing everything we can. Like flipping birds <laughs> as you're dropping off yeah. the corner. And it's like, tick, 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 coming off the Monash. <laughs> that is, like, and that was the reality. That is when I think about that first 12 months, that's the reality is we were going in making these amazing boards and Instagram was blowing up and it was like from the outside it just looked magic Mm. and everyone's like Mads how have you done it and I just remember crying and crying and just being like I need to sleep I need to eat the van broke down every day for about 42 days in a row (laughs) because that's a very specific (laughs) time I'm not even we had the battery died like eight times just everything that could go wrong with that van went wrong. I remember it broke down in the middle of the freeway one day and I was just on the ground, on the road, crying and crying, just thinking this is like, it's never going to get better. Mm. We're never going to have the resources we need to, you know, be better than this. Mm. And then the irony was the day of the board that I did for my former workplace. I remember Charlie, who works for me, said... The van goes or I go. Oh. And I was like... Excuse me, I'm Charlie with the ultimatum. And I said, if you go, I go. <laughs> so the van's got to go. And I went that day to Toyota, like stormed in there. I remember I had no shoes on because I'd left them in the van. And I was like, I need two cars and I need them today. And I swear the guy like jumped out. He's like, hello, how can I help you? You want to buy two cars today? What can I get for you? And I was so determined. Like I just sat there for about seven hours trying to negotiate the price. I was like, if I'm getting two, I need the best price ever. And 
remember going home that night and thinking... Did you get it sorted there and then? Got it sorted. That's that's, that's <laughs> impressive. Like That would intimidate me, going just like sitting there and like, I need to get one car. And yeah. Then, um, if you could maybe give me the best price, that'd be cool. But like, sure, pal. Uh, like, I was... I don't know where my strength came from that day, but I remember being like, we have the money that I never thought we were going to have. Like, we're in this position that mm. I thought... I was crying in the middle of the freeway the other day, thinking we're never going to get here. Now we're here and I'm just like I've something's got to change. Something's got to get better for this business to actually grow. Like we can't function with a van that doesn't operate. Like mm. it just doesn't make sense. So and then I really wanted a RAV4. <laughs> through, through that. That's right. That's the, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And so I thought I've worked pretty hard, so I'll chuck that in there. But just I again I just cried the whole way home and I thought I've done it if we go broke because of these cars that's what happens but mm. right now in this moment we've done it we've, all in yeah. yeah this is it like I've got nothing left to give I've got nothing left to lose like there goes 80 grand and if it fucks up it fucks up mm. and at the start of this year I remember the first few finance payments coming out and thinking we fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but it just works. It just keeps working. Mm. It Board has this ability to pull itself out of the shit. When, when I give up, everyone else lifts. Mm. And I am constantly amazed by clients and our team and my network who just believe in this to no end. And I don't. I don't believe in this to no end. <laughs> I well, believe there will be an end. Well, I think but that's you're you're a realist as well, but I yeah. think also when when the back's against the wall, you know, yeah, the the true colours shine, and you know, uh, I think it shows you marching in barefoot into the Toyota <laughs> dealership. So, what actually was your first gig, your first job? Build a bear. I worked at Build a Bear, the Build a Bear workshop. Okay. Where you get like the teddies and you stuff them, and and this is when I look back on my entrepreneurial journey. This was the first time that I was like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be the best because you had to rotate around all the stations. Putting the clothes on the bears was of no interest to me whatsoever and the cash register, I'm like, nah. But when you got to be on the stuffing machine (laughs) and you do the pedal, you had to like stick the bears back onto this, I was going to say knob, you can. It's fine. You probably don't need the, the hand gestures. Lucky no we're not filming this. Yep, that's great. And you, so you'd stick it in, and then you got this little heart, and you'd say to the kids, "What do you want the bear to be good at?" So they'd be like, oh, "I want him to be able to jump really high." Well, I would jump as high as I could jump, with holding this heart. And if they said they want to do the fastest one, I'd sprint up and down Southland as fast as I could, and then I'd put that heart in the bear, and I'd say, this is going to be the highest jumping, fastest running bear that ever lived. And I was so good at it that they never took me off that station. So you would, you didn't have to worry about putting the clothes no. on the bear nah. or the cash register or... No, nah. no chance. Those, those <laughs> shit-kicker jobs. Yeah, no, nah. straight to the top. So I was about 14, 15 doing that. Then I I worked for my godmother for a bit in her catering company. I worked every second Sunday for a month, mm-hmm. so two shifts before I got the sack. Um, Why did you get the sack? I used to just talk all day, every day. Was not – didn't have a great work ethic. Right, okay. <laughs> Do you remember, like, what was the conversation when you got let go? <laughs> 
Um, I think she said, I think you should focus on your Saturday netball. <laughs> I said, but I'm working every second Sunday. She's like, yeah, but just for recovery. <laughs> you could read between the lines. Yeah. 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 So then I, I remember saying to mum and dad that I just didn't think it was for me, work. In general. In general. <laughs> How did that go? What was the response from... No, I've never met your parents, but they seem to have a decent work ethic from what I've observed. Phenomenal work yeah. ethic. How did that land? Oh, I remember mum being like, oh, she's playing a lot of netball and she's coaching netball and Raran, I was a captain at school and oh, yeah. captain of netball and cross country or something. Yep. Anyway, and dad goes, so which one of those pays? Tank. Thank you. And mum was like, oh, but, you know, she's she's pretty busy. And I think in the end, dad was just like, it is not even worth it. So I'm just going to let this one slide. And I went, cruise through year 12 didn't work, which I thought was pretty cool. I remember thinking, I had just partied through year 12. I got into uni early. Mm -hmm. I got into uni around July. How does that work? I went to Bond. So I think they do it based on your estimated ATAR. Okay. And I think I got about 20 below what they'd estimated. Oh, oh well. <laughs> so they'd really like, yeah, they'd set the bar pretty high, but I just, yeah, I'm really big into over-promising and under-delivering. So that was what I did through year 12. Right. okay. But you mean a younger version oh, of Oh, a younger yourself. version yeah, of me. Yeah. I was hopeless when I was younger. When I think back now, I'm like, I could have done so well at school, mm. but I was... So busy with my boyfriend. He was a plumber. He had a car. So yep. I was, you know, always in Oakley at Vanilla eating their Mars Bar Slice. Right. If you haven't tried it, they're big fans of the show well, down at Vanilla. <laughs> three, three <laughs> I think we've got. Well, I can I, – I was the same. Like I think when I went to uni, I didn't get into the university that I wanted to and I didn't get the score that I wanted to. But I think it reflected how hard I tried at school. Oh, like, yeah. I was, as much as I was bummed, the only reason I want to go to these other unis is because my mates were going there. Yeah. And like moving from the country up to the city and then I was like, mm, an early realisation, I kind of got what I, how hard I worked. I got yeah. what I deserved. Yeah. yeah what I worked for. Mm. I remember all I wanted was an ATAR of 80. Yep. When I got into uni, I was like, I'll just cruise through and I'll just be happy with 80. Mm. And... The day the results came through and I got 79.9, I just remember thinking, that is the universe at work. <laughs> like, that is just the biggest up yours yep. to the effort I put in this year. But at the end of the day, it had no impact on my life. I went off to uni and I was fine. I still think about it. Isn't it interesting? Like, what, you know, the, I remember in when I was... 15 and I before we had to choose you had to do your, your university units at school yeah. and stuff or you choose to just do the other ones if you knew you weren't wanting to to go to uni and my English teacher sat my parents down and said Dusty can't write an essay to save his life don't recommend he goes for the, the TEE which is the West Australia version of that doing that and I was in tears I was like mum I think I want to go to university and she goes well you know and like my dad being ever the, the balanced person that he is. He goes, well, you know, and I explored being like an aircraft mechanic. So someone offered me an apprenticeship to be wow. an aircraft mechanic. And I was like, yep, that'd be cool. But I deep down didn't want to do it. Yeah. And that was the first time that, you know, my parents said, if you want to do it, we'll back you in to do it and you prepared to get to the level that you need to get to. 
and I think I was, you know, it was more out of fear of not getting it as opposed to really wanting it. But what would you say to students these days who are maybe umming and ahhing about, or, you know, putting, A, putting the pressure on themselves to make these big choices at school, but also B, probably having the pressure slightly sprinkled on from teachers, yeah, parents, that sort of thing? I would say I did it. I did everything right. I went to uni. I went straight through, didn't have any breaks, graduated. I actually fast-tracked my degree, so I got a degree in two and a half years. Went off, got like graduated with a job in the industry, worked in the industry for... And what industry was this? So... What, what did you study? Actually, yeah, this is an interesting story because this says a lot about what people tell you you're capable of. But I went to Bond to study psychology mm. and I loved it. I was so passionate about it and it was all I ever wanted to do but ended up dating some dickhead who told me I was too dumb to be a psychologist. And Did you believe that? Absolutely. Mm. As soon as he said it, I remember thinking, oh, my God, yes, so those he's the words right. That... Yeah, he, he said, he was like, you are so dumb when you talk. Like, do you realise how dumb you sound? And I remember being like, yeah, I actually do sound a bit dumb. But then he was like, well, you're too dumb to be a psychologist. So, And then he said, you're so fucked up. How are you going to help anyone else? I remember thinking, I actually wasn't fucked up till I met you. But here yeah. we are. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. So I went in to uni the next day and dropped out of my degree. And I called dad. My parents at this stage were living overseas. They're living in Jakarta. And I called dad. And I was like, oh, you know, I've just had a change of heart and I just psych's really hard and I don't think I'm going to be able to get through the degree. And I just remember Dad was like, and if you've ever looked at the fees for Bond Uni, you'll just die knowing that I've just done this after half a degree. And Dad was like, you know what, if that's how you feel, then that's okay but why don't you go and enrol in something else that you're really passionate about and just have a crack? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, whatever. Like, he's not yelling at me, so I'll do whatever he says. You didn't really maybe listen to or or take it on board the fact that he was kind of really backing you. Yeah, no, I was just – I was petrified that he was going to be like, that's fine, but you've got to give us – 60 grand or <laughs> whatever. Hang on, isn't there like hex? Don't you have to like No, not at Bond's a private uni. Oh, oh, it's a, sorry. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> so, yeah, the degrees just cost a fortune. But anyway, it was. I went for the experience of living on the Gold Coast. Yep. <laughs> Could have gone to Griffith. Anyway, but yeah, Dad was like, that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. So... I went and I loved writing and I'd always had blogs and stuff when I was younger. So I was like, maybe I'll do journalism. And I got in, well, obviously I just transferred into the journalism degree. Luckily, so many of my subjects went over. And I this just loved it at Bond. Bond, yeah. Yep, yeah. Okay. So I was like living on campus and I was very wrapped up in the yep. whole community. But yeah, so stayed there and just loved that degree more than anything. I... I felt like, you know, how they're like, if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll always think it's stupid. Like, that was how I felt. I was just like, I'm so smart and talented and creative and good at things. And I never had been a creative person through school, like never did art or anything. Would never have thought that I could put together, like, colours on a cheese board. (laughs) But 
so yeah, went and did journalism, which had heaps of marketing, social media and design elements to the degree. And then uh, Gold Coast Magazine contacted the uni and said, we want to hire two people from the uni. And it was like one job was the editorial assistant and one was the admin assistant. And I remember saying to dad, oh, I'm just going to go for the admin assistant because that's like the easier one. And dad's like, well, you might as well just go for both. Like, what does it matter? You just don't get either. Mm. Is that the worst? Yeah. And then I remember the editor called me and I got the editorial assistant job. And I was like, my whole life came together in that moment. Mm. And I was like, yes, everything. Did you feel like that was the job? Like at that point, oh, like yeah. a turning point, like, this is it. This is like what it's like in the movies when you yeah. get the job and you start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it felt like I was in The Devil Wears Prada. Yep. And I'd got the job at the magazine and I was all dressed up with my hair and makeup and then fast forward like nine months and I remember our publisher said, because she also owned a Medi's bar and she said, it's fine that you don't have your lips done but it would be great if you could start brushing your hair. Oh. How old were you at this stage? Like 20. <laughs> I still don't brush my hair. You can go back and show that person as well. Yeah. Yep. So many people told me along the way that, well, but... See, that publisher was different because she always believed in me, always told me I was, like, talented and I could do whatever, but she just couldn't get past, like, the bare feet and unbrushed hair herself either. And oh, she was still rolling around bare feet as I well. was often barefoot because I had to wear heels, so I'd wear the heels into the office and then take them off. I don't know. Have I ever seen you wear heels? Have we ever Probably been not. There? Right, okay. I've just, I just thought about that. No. Nah. Yeah. Not a fan? Nah. Mm. I reckon about... 45 minutes is my max yeah. in heels. Well, you're quite tall. Yeah, Maybe thank like you. Five. Nine. I was going to say eight. Was that nine? Yep, cool. Okay. 173 centimetres. That's good. Yeah, I'm yeah. 185. Oh, wow. Just saying. Yeah. On the record. Uh, in the, Does that make in you the six budget? foot? Yes. Is that what it says huge, on your bumble? Huge. It has to. Like on the, yeah. All on dating, the, profiles. the dating profiles. Like, he actually does have my height on there. I and think I'm actually um, a deal breaker. For me, on Hinge is six one below six one. Below so six one. you and I probably aren't going to make gonna, it. Never going to be. Yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Better you not. Do but. you think? Do you think that's a bit of a double standard? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, like if I was to put, say, hypothetically, you know, <laughs> the because I see, I see on the you know I've been on some of the the dating apps <laughs> in my time, and. The, the the backhanded little uh, mentions like, oh, by the way, fellas, you know, I'm five nine and I like to wear heels, so, you know, like, work it out. Like, if, you, <laughs> if you're sure, little, yeah, it's little, not going to happen. <laughs> if I was to put, oh, by the way, ladies, you know, I like to, you know, to be these measurements, you know. Yeah, um, oh, God, be, no. be seen as a bad no, bloke. You'd but, be on the uh, morning show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nah, that's not ideal. But, yeah, I don't, didn't like to wear heels, still don't like to wear heels. I... What occasion would make you wear heels? Oh, a funeral. Okay. If it meant something to them. Yep. That's about it. Not my own wedding. I'll be barefoot at my own wedding. Yep. Will you get married on a beach, do you think? Nah. No. Everyone always comes at me about beaches because I lived in Byron. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, beachy. I'm like, nah, hills all the way. Well, how, what, when were you living in Byron? What was going on there? That was my, my boyfriend. Oh, at the right. time he was yeah. from there so we would do half and half on the coast and then oh, okay. his okay. place and, yeah. yeah but you've you've lived some other interesting places haven't <laughs> you been 
Yeah, spend a bit of time in the Northern Territory. Northern Territory at Willaroo Station. Yeah, so you... Shout out you, to Tex, huge fan of the show. G'day Tex, hope you're <laughs> listening out there. Is Tex on the gram? No, nah, not on the gram. No, okay. no, 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 he's on Facebook. He... Yeah, I don't know if he'd know how to log in though without me there. So. Okay, that's fine. Sorry. We can. Uh, I'm sure him. he's got podcasts and stuff. Yeah, when we when yeah. this one's when this one's going. Um, yeah, so Jillaroo. Willaroo. 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 Jillaroo at Willaroo. Yeah. How the hell did you end up doing that? Oh God. Um, we skipped a job. I worked at Grilled for a bit. Okay. That they was, make nice chips. Oh, zucchini chips. They're the best. No, no, no. Yeah. But can I tell you? I reckon that everyone I worked with at Grilled would be like, how the hell did she ever make anything of herself? Because I was the worst employee Grilled's ever had. Did you know it at the time? Yeah. Yep. I was woeful. I wasn't even allowed to touch burgers and chips. I was only allowed at the register. Because I've always been good at that little like, so right. three-month probation. After the, after the teddy bear situation, I was like, I'm not going on the tools. And here we are. Yeah, no, but then I was like, grotty food. Did you greasy. hand out the... Local matters, caps. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that didn't let you, did you want to get near the food? No. Nah. Like the, the production line? No, nah. no. Nah. I have, yeah, I just wasn't about it. But I also was always late, always sick. Oh. I'd be down in Byron, couldn't be bothered driving up the I coast. I can't that. Yeah, no. Nah. you go a slight Hindsight. headache. Oh, I, oh, I remember oh. one time I fell off at a table at the beachy. <laughs> <laughs> and I called in, called in with a rolled ankle. <laughs> But I'm, I feel like now, being a business owner who has oh, employees... I would not be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> there was a little, like, throat cut there <laughs> if we had video. Yeah, just basically nah, you're done. Yeah. I just hated it. And I they were all such good friends, the whole team there, and I didn't have one friend in the whole place. So that says a lot about how they felt about me as well. I just remember when I left, they were all so congratulatory. They were so rapt. <laughs> <laughs> just send, give you a send-off. Yeah. The only time I ever went to any of the parties <laughs> was my going away. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. So then I worked at Gold Coast Magazine and then I ended up back in Melbourne, had the most dramatic breakup with the boyfriend. In Byron? The boyfriend well, he was in Byron. Melbourne at this stage. Oh, right, okay. Um, but I was actually still living up there. He was living in Melbourne. He got a job down here. We split split skis and I ended up moving back down to Melbourne for a job opportunity at a PR agency and then got sacked, got sacked oh, from yeah. there. Um, I'd been to a funeral and I remember I walked in. And I said, I told him I was going to a funeral. Right. And I walked in and granted I'd probably been a bit late on other days too. A, a couple of sickies. A few well. sickies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they employed me in winter, though, so I feel oh, like you're well, taking a bit of a gamble. Uh, there. And yeah, I just moved down from the north, so my immune system probably wasn't what it needed to be. Anyway, I made a spelling error in an email, and that was what they got rid of me based on. <laughs> That's you when the you word? really what word yeah it was? aspect. And I spelled, I wrote it seven times, but one the fifth one I did a p s e c t aspect. So yeah, they sacked me, and I often think like that's they were waiting, they were waiting. (laughs) They were just like the first fuck up. We're just gonna nail her. So they got me for a typo, and I walked down. And 
sickies. Oh, yeah, like, few, among stuff. other yeah. things. But the typo was the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> I just remember thinking, Absolutely. is that the best you've got? You should, yeah, that could be something that's used that word, like write it somewhere, like abstract. Yeah, you know? maybe, mm. my next business. Um, yeah, so I got the sack from there and then I remember Dad flew me over to Jakarta and he mm. was like, Mads, um, this is not an ideal scenario. <laughs> you know, we've got you back to Melbourne, got you all set up and now you've lost your job. Mm. So what are you going to do? And he said to me, this is it. We're gonna we're gonna back you all the way. You wanna and I was dying to move to LA. Don't know what I was gonna do. LA. Yeah. Maybe oh, right. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be a movie I, I star. I love your optimism. You're like just got sacked <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think LA's next. Yeah, that'll be easy to make it. Yeah. <laughs> your logic is really great yeah. you know, at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. So dad said, Yeah, we'll back you all the way and whatever it is, and I was set. I was like, I'm going to California and as the days sort of went by towards me moving back or coming back to Melbourne, I remember just saying to Dad, I don't think I can do a city. I don't think I can do loud noises. I was really struggling with depression and anxiety at this point. Like, really. I was in the horrors, making really shitty choices. I was sleeping with my ex's boss, which was just, like, disaster. The whole thing was just a shit show. And... I just said, I just need quiet. So he's like, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> he's like, Neuron, you know, getting me ready for my first casting in LA. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, no, I can't go to the city. So I said, maybe I'll go to a cattle station. And he just had this light bulb moment. He's like, oh, I used to work with a guy who knew a guy who managed a station. And so he texts that bloke who texts that bloke. And like five minutes later, I've got the number for Willaroo Station. Yep. I remember I called. And the guy's like, uh, uh. and I was like, hello. And he's like, uh, uh. And I was like, how are you? And it was literally like he spoke a different language. And he, then the only thing I could understand is he kept saying bloomin', bloomin', which, yeah. bloomin', which is like bloody hell, like bloomin' yeah, out. But he kept saying swear. it, bloomin', bloomin'. And I just could not understand anything. Anyway, he ended up being this like 60-odd-year-old guy. Yeah. He was just the manager, Dave. So... He had to send me an email to translate what he'd said on the phone, but it was basically like, get here tonight. And I was like, is this not really realistic for me to get Where there Where were tonight? you calling from? In Jakarta. Right. And then, so I was like, I've got to get back to Melbourne and then I'll get to Darwin and then I've got to get the bus. And he wrote back an email and he was like, so you get the plane to Darwin and then you get on the Greyhound bus and just say to the driver, just drop me off at the gate at Willaroo. And then the bus usually comes around the same time. So just drop your bags at the gate and just walk up the road to the homestead and then we'll come back and get your bags later. The walk was pretty far. Like I did a half marathon to get to the homestead. And I'm thinking, what? A, where am I? So I got to the homestead. And I remember getting there and this chick's like, oh, quick, jump in the car and we'll run down and get your bags. So I'm thinking, couldn't you have just met me there? Like, why have you yeah, had to fair. wait for me to get to you mm. and then you're going to drive me back to get my bags? So anyway, then we're sitting in this shed and I think I sort of thought I was going to meet the love of my life out there and just land there forever. Movie, I think we're swimming that way. I think, like, the love story is going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, they'll write a movie about this one day. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And I'm, like, McLeod's daughters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I, um, yeah, I was sitting in the shed and this 
kid walked in, he was like 20, 21. And I remember thinking, if this is the talent, I think I'm going to have to go elsewhere. I'm feeling sticky <laughs> coming on. <laughs> well, I couldn't, I couldn't have a single sticky because we lived all together. Mm. They knew. And also, what are you going to do? There's no internet. It's not like you can watch Netflix in bed. Like, the most exciting thing you can do is go to work. Like, yeah, Saturday and Sunday, yeah. you're just hanging for Monday so you can go back yeah, to right. work. <laughs> but anyway, this kid walked in and I just remember he looked at me and said, are you fucking lost? And I was like, uh, I don't think so. And he's, he goes, well, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> and what I was, were you wearing? I was wearing a tight black silk slip dress. With um, vintage RMs. Oh, vintage RMs. Vintage yeah. RMs. Um, and I remember my hair was in a really slick ponytail and I had a bit of makeup on. Yep. And I reckon it took me 25 minutes to have all of that off. The right. hair was in a low sitting ponytail, makeup was gone, and I was in work pants and a shirt. Because I remember just thinking, this is, yeah, I'm not going to fit in here yeah. if I look like this. And then he came bursting into my room and he's like, we've got to go now. And I was like, I've literally just got here. I haven't even, I don't even know where I'm really, where I am. Mm. Anyway, we went off and got some cattle back in there. And at this point, like, I had no idea. Like, I had spent time in the country and on, like, Victorian farms, which are not cattle stations no. by any stretch. And then Dave the next day was like, this is Tex and he's in charge of you. This is the guy who this said, you fucking lost. <laughs> you fucking yeah. lost. And I, I almost wanted to like put my hand up and be like, can I draw again? <laughs> can I have someone? She looks nice. Yep. Or him. Um, but in the end, he just became the best person I've ever met in my life. But that first day, I remember thinking, what am I going to talk to him about? I have nothing in common with this guy. And he said, do you listen to music? And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. And he's like, oh, yeah, have you ever been to a music festival? And I said, yeah, I have. I've been to Splendour in the Grass a few times. And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, they sound sick, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then he's like, so are you from a farm? And I was like, oh, no, I'm from Melbourne. And he goes, is that, that's Victoria, yeah? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, what would you do there then? And I was like, oh, um, got actually, <laughs> dusty. Yeah, got sacked. Just sick days, one after the other. I got ready worked to go to in, LA. In, worked in between sickies, yeah. <laughs> Had a break from my sickies. But no, and I said, I actually worked in marketing. He goes, oh, yeah, what'd you sell? And I was like, um, weird way to phrase that. Uh, what did I sell? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, in your market store. <laughs> right. And I thought... There's no chance in hell so he that I'm going to find anything. So he was sheltered, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. And how old was he? About 20. I think he was, yeah, 20, 21. Okay, and I so was same. 22, 23. Yep. 22. Yeah, I just turned 22, I reckon. And he slowly chipped away at me and just kept asking, like, bizarre questions and wanted to know. He'd spent one day in the city and it what was Newcastle. Was okay. yep. <laughs> and he'd been to a stripper's and it cost him 50 bucks to get in. And he was like, never again. Never <laughs> going to the city again. <laughs> well, what um, what sort of work were you doing there? Like, what was so, your as a Gillaroo? I was a, 
I was technically a station hand. It was almost the wet season, so I did a lot of fencing, um, <laughs> laid a lot of poly pipe, yep. um, giving the cattle lick. So like yep, big, salt lick. Yeah, yep. big blocks. And I had to push six tonne of lick off the back of a truck one day. Yep. Um, poured a lot of cement. Just like... General, whatever like needed laid, to be done. Yeah, yeah, like a farmhand. Whatever needed to be done, yeah. yeah. And it was just Tex and I. We were just out there together every day, day in, day out. We'd drive for four hours to one end of the station <laughs> to do something. And then we'd drive to the other corner of the station then we'd be home at midnight. And yep. that was it. Um, but work, work with the daylight hours and that was it. Yeah. Yep. So I'd get up, yeah, before the sun was up and we'd be back just as dinner was on the table. And then we'd yep. go straight to bed. But... We just had so much time alone together in this car and it was almost like initially he just didn't know what to do with me Mm. and I didn't know how to do anything. So he was like, he was such a good teacher, but I remember he was like, oh, this is how you change a tyre and would talk real slow at me when he was teaching (laughs) as if like maybe I wasn't all there. Probably fair. But on the first day, this whole section of the station just lit on fire and I remember he left me he was like he gave me I can't remember what it's called now you know like the um like a gas tank it's got petrol in it and then you light the fire at the end oh yeah and you roll out the fire anyway and you set you light a fire to meet the fire you fight fire fire. sort of stuff yeah yeah but this a truck had rolled and set this whole paddock on fire and it was coming in hot anyway and he just dropped me and was like just light it up just walk along and light up the paddock. And I back burning. Yeah, I remember thinking, is he coming back for me? Where do I walk to? Where do I stop? Do I light the whole thing on fire? Like what I don't know what to do. And crying and walking along thinking I'm gonna die. Well, it's intense, um, like you if it's your first experience being yeah. a, a fire bigger than a campfire. Yeah. And it was and it was huge and it, I know this sounds stupid, but it was hot. So I was flustered and I was just mm. like, Oh my god, don't like I don't know what to do. And then after about an hour of me walking along, like, that's one paddock, it takes you that long to get from one end to the other, helicopters started to come from Catherine and they started to put the fire out as well. But I remember Tex dipped back around and he like winked at me and goes, thought I'd forgotten about you. Did you? And I'm like wiping the tears and sweat away. And I'm like, I'm like no, just the smoke's in my eyes. <laughs> You legit thought he may not come yeah, back. Yeah, I yep. thought I that was the only time in my life I've thought I'm going to die. Mm. Uh, the fire's just going to catch me because I don't know what I'm doing. But Tex is like, there's no chance you're going to die. I'm right, oh, could have told me that. But I also remember thinking this is so symbolic. This fire and this idea of burning what is dead to make room for new is how I feel in my life at the moment and that's why I'm here, to just reset. So I said to myself, when the grass grows back, I'll leave and I'm going to go on the journey with this section of the station. And anyway, so Tex and I became great friends and he would always say, like, what are you doing out here? Like, why are you lost? Why are you here? And then after a few weeks I was like, because I'm really unhappy and... I just needed to do something different. I needed a change. I needed to get away from Melbourne, away from the people that I was spending time with. And he was like, why are you unhappy? Like, what have you got to be unhappy about? And I was like, I don't even know where to start. And he was like, Mads, I'm so happy. I live here. 
I've got my girlfriend, my dog and my car. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty simple. Mm. It's pretty straightforward. But I just couldn't relate to it. And it yeah. was like, I think when you live in the city and social media, like you just need mm. to have everything and you need to be everything. And he would say, like, you're only young. You don't need to be doing all this fancy shit. Mm. Like, just take it day by day. And I was like, this is really wise, but you don't understand text. You don't understand what it's like to live in the city and to live in this world. And he would just be like, I don't want to understand. I actually don't want to get it. It's it's admirable when you come across people who's like, like I... You know, I've got uh, you know family of mine who who farm, and there's days where, and I'm, I'm granted, I know that farming is very stressful, yeah. and it's not you know it's not just not easy you know, work. Uh, it's probably one of the most stressful uh, stressful jobs, but you know the fact that you kind of know what you're going to get, you know, yeah. year in year out, and the the fact that you can put in a hard day's work and feel like you've got somewhere, yeah, and you know That's you know true. you've put, put a fence in or you've laid a concrete pad, whereas I look at my spreadsheet some days and I'm like, I've got nowhere. Yeah, and that's yeah. that sense of accomplishment. And just the, at times, the simplicity of that, and, and maybe not simplicity, distraction-free environment. Yeah. You know, the outside influences don't matter, matter so much. So Yeah. It, it is simpler. It's harder, I would say. It's harder, but it's simpler. Yeah. And, you, yeah, like you said, like you know what you're doing. Like you know you've got to go and fix eight kilometres of fence. And that's it. But then you get to the end of the day and you've done it. And yep. that's done for a year or until... Yeah. Things can sometimes time. wait 24 hours. You don't, and then you get yeah. to the next problem that pops up and this yeah. is broken down or that needs to be fixed. And Totally. Yeah. And that was what it was like. It was, it was like we just every day got up and did whatever had come up as mm. opposed to like, you know, you couldn't plan. We're going to do this or, on Thursday. And, yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then the rain comes and you're not doing that on Thursday. <laughs> but um, the hardest day's work I've ever done in my life we went out to, it was called Dixie Station, and they were, like, Willow would put a bunch of cattle on their station because we had too many and they had grouse or whatever. And we went out, just Tex and I and this other guy, and I can't believe I can't remember his name, but I hated him. He was, like, sexist, racist, homophobic. Like, he was shocking. And when I think about bad things I've heard in my time, I'd say all the worst came out of his mouth. Really? Like, he was horrific. And Is he the same age? No, nah, he was about 30, I reckon. Yeah. And we had to brand and um, vaccinate. It was like mm. 100 cattle, which isn't that many, but I reckon it was about 45 degrees. And I had a black hat oh, <laughs> that so David bad, given you me. You were a bad cowboy. I was a bad cowboy. Yeah. But we got through maybe 40 and I just needed to quickly go to the bathroom and just spewed and spewed and spewed. I had the worst heat stroke of my life. And I think also, like, actually being around the cattle and that mm. physical act of the injecting was really taking its toll on me. And then um, one cow went down, just collapsed in the race, and I was, like, so emotional, and I was like we need to save it. And Tex is like, we need to shoot it so we can keep going. And I was like, no, 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 like mm. we can't shoot it. Like, and I just was like hallucinating. I just was all over the place. But then 
I remember we went back, we had lunch, then we went back and kept going until we finished. And I just could not stop throwing up and he was just yelling. This other guy was just like, keep going, wasting time. And I was like head down, vomiting, injecting these poor cows. We're probably eating them now. They might not have had their proper vaccinations in the right spot. But I always think back to that and I hated it in the moment. And that night I was like, I'm going back to Melbourne. I can't do this. But now when a board day is hard, I think it's not that hard. It's, yep. it's not 45 degrees and I haven't got someone abusing me. And I'll just never forget, he said to me, whatever you do, don't do an Indigenous job of it. And I just remember thinking, you are disgusting. And I just, like, once you have no respect for someone, it's so hard to perform for them. Yep. And I just couldn't get up and work for him. Like, if Tex had been like, come on, man, like, we've really got to get through this, I would have found this inner strength. But for this guy, it was like, you make me sick. The heat's making me sick. The situation's making me sick. Like, I don't want to be here. When the person has no redeeming qualities at all. Nothing. Yep, I totally agree with you on that one. It was so hard to work for him. And that was where I started to think, like, I don't want to meet my husband out here. <laughs> like, I don't want to end up out here because I don't want to be around people like this guy. And it just, he had nothing nice to say. And so I always, I'm like, of everything I've learned in my life, he taught me so much about how to treat people and how to communicate to people and what people do and do not react to in the workplace and whatever. But I went back with text to Willaroo and we just became closer and closer and shared more and he was like a full-time psychologist. Like I was just sitting in that Toyota with him like 24-7 talking about anything that I'd ever thought or felt or wanted or whatever. Came back to Melbourne, just got sucked back in, ended up in another PR role, got fired. Had a few sick days. <laughs> have you have you have you taken any sick days at board? I was in hospital one one day. Was that from overworking yourself? Probably. Yeah. I've had a sick day technically. You know, we've never had a sick day though. That's the only sick day in board history. <laughs> Hospitalisation. <laughs> Just hang on to the I note. Set the like bar. The, yeah. The, so this is the standard, guys. If yeah. you're in the chuck a sicky. Yeah, but no. So I got fired from that job, and she said to me we're letting you go and I was just so shocked (laughs) was this one justified do you think um when I think of the industry I think it was but when I think about people management and like Mm. the potential that I had I don't think it Mm. was um there are a lot of factors I think I got along really well with her husband who worked Mm. with us and he was always saying like we're DIYers you know Mads and I love to DIY and the irony was that we were throwing a party and she wanted a grazing table and I said I'll do it and she cracked it and was like no we can just pay someone to do this like and she was getting frustrated and I probably wasn't reading the room but she she just wanted to outsource she just wanted to throw money at it and have the best party but I was like I reckon I can do all this stuff and we can save money. And her husband was all in with me on this idea that we were going to DIY it. It was going to be amazing. And anyway, that 
I felt like when I started, I wasn't trying to side with him. I just agreed with him. But I felt like once that started to happen, she definitely started to get more and more frustrated with me. And then I was getting really anxious because I could feel her attitude towards me shifting and I was thinking, I'm going to get fired. Like I'm going to lose another job because I just can feel it. And then um, like we had the party and then I had a – I actually was genuinely sick because I was anxious. I made myself Mm. sick. So I had this doctor's note for like four days and then on I didn't take any of the days. And then on the fourth day, I left in the afternoon. Like, I was like, I hadn't even shown them. But I was like, I've got this note. It's actually for the last four days. But, like, I need to just go. Like, I'm so unwell. And then the next day I went in. And the husband came in and asked everyone to go into another room. And then she came down and was like, can I just speak to you from my office? And I just knew. I remember I was shaking and I was trying hot. not to cry. Yeah, I just knew. And mum and dad luckily were in Australia at the time. Dad had just done like a bunch of electrical work for them for free <laughs> through the whole mm, office that week. Awkward. So that was like, I just remember being overwhelmed and thinking like, if I get fired and dad's done all this, like dad's going to be angry and like everyone's, mm. it's going to be really emotional. But she took me in. She's like, we're letting you go. Um, she slid the note across the table that says you've got the sack um and I just I started crying and I was like can I just ask why like why am I being fired and she was like I'm just going to be really candid because I think this is a really good opportunity for growth um you just really lack creativity and you don't have any ability to think strategically um and you're just yeah like not the right fit I just don't really see you making it in this industry and I had that same moment I had when I was told I was too dumb to do a psychology degree but I was like she's totally right Mm. I am not creative and I can't get myself organized I'm just all over the place so I remember just walking out and calling my dad and sobbing and so here here's dad he's gone from we'll do anything we'll send you to LA and I said no I'm gonna go to a cattle station then I've come back from the cattle station got this job been fired again and it was just humiliating. Like, I just was like, I don't even know how to tell you this, but, like, this is the situation. And he was like, that's all right. Drive to my godmother's. That's where they were. And I just got there and laid on the couch and cried and cried and cried and was just like, I'm so useless. I just, I'm not good at anything and I'm never going to, like, make it. I'm never going to do anything or achieve anything. And Dad was like, no, 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 you'll be all right. Why don't you you know, got to get back up, you got to go apply for more jobs. And I just was like, that is the last thing I want to do. Mm. I just don't want to do it. And I did. And I got like the safest, most secure job you could ever get in a big corporate and like whatever. And then, yeah, accidentally started bored while I was there. So, yeah, it was, it's quite crazy. When I think about how shit I felt, when I started board and how little faith I had in myself and the journey that it took to and it board actually you can see the success of board directly aligns with my confidence increasing and 
that only happened because of the initial spike where everyone just loved it straight away. But then as it just slowly got bigger, I just became myself again and just started Mm. to really love life and love being around people and talking to people. Like you can just see that bored has grown with me as a person. Mm. And I felt like I really started from fresh. Like I had nothing. I had no money, no confidence, nothing in my life to inspire me or motivate me. And then this just happened and it all worked out. Well, I think there's some similarities. That saying, they say, you know, um, I've got the wrong one here, but, you know, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> But I think it's like happy life, life. Yeah, happy life, happy career. Like once you're mm. somewhat fulfilled or you know, have a sense of purpose to what you're doing, everything flows on from there. Totally. Mm. And sense of purpose was the biggest thing for me, was a feeling of like a reason to get out of bed, people relying on me, mm. people needing what we had to offer. And once I had that, I just felt so unstoppable. Like those first few months I just was like, I'm just going to – I'm the next Kylie Jenner. And it felt right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to acknowledge you for that because there's not – it's it's the very un-Australian way for people to share that and go, I'm the I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to be big and, like, you know, tall Bobby syndrome yeah. normally takes care of that pretty quickly. So yeah. I think that's great that you can, you can acknowledge that. And I think your career thus far has been as turbulent as any – that you'll, uh, you'll find. But I'm only 25 no, correct. and I've been doing board for over two years. <laughs> so from build a bed to grilled to the outback. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, to reading the book. But um, oh. Maddie Gleason, thank you. <laughs> thank for, you. Thank you for coming on the Dusty Allen Show. And I don't think this will be the last time that we, we talk here, but I want to thank you for taking the time out to uh, have a chat today. Thank you. I loved it. I wish you all the best for your future. We'll talk soon. Thank you. You too.